Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. It is that time. We are live. Actually, we're not live. I'm live here recording this introduction. You guys are hearing this not so live, but it's all good. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And of course, it's Monday. We have an exclusive interview coming to you guys from the Yield Mastermind Talk studio. No, it's not a studio. We do a lot. Of, we do a lot of these interviews over the interweb, as that is the easiest way for myself to connect with really incredible, awesome people who are accomplishing some incredible things. And at, most of these people at a very young age. That is the reason this show is so unique. We are bringing to you millennials and younger people who are accomplishing some major things. Today is no exception. We have the pleasure of hearing from Mr. Mountain. Yes, that is his name, Mr. Mountain, Evan Chang. And let me just dive into his bio here so you guys can get a feel for who he is. So Mountain Evan Chang is the founder of Chronology, the highest intersection of style and comfort in dress shoes. He's done a full marathon without shoes, yes, a full marathon barefoot, and held a state record in powerlifting. When he's not creating unique wearer experiences with dress shoes, he's creating unique spectator experiences with light shows at raves and festivals. And unfortunately, I didn't get to get into any of the light shows and rave stuff with him, which I would love to do in like a part two. So Mountain, as you hear this, maybe we can set that up. But we nonetheless dive into all things Mountain, about chronology, about you know what he was studying in school, a major turning point in his life, both while he was younger and in college. He's had some major turning points where a lot of people sometimes get pushed back up against this wall and have this thing where they have to to come come face to face with you know these these obstacles and these things that come up in life and they have to make a decision. Okay, am I going to let this destruct my plans? Am I going to reroute? How am I going to use this to better myself? And Mountain has done that in a number of different ways. We're going to dive into his company chronology, and let me just say, I shared this in the conversation, but I got to say, guys, his shoes are absolutely 100% incredible. If you are someone who has to wear dress shoes to work, which for those of you who are younger working professionals trying to you know, get some income in order to support some of these side dreams that you have, you have to, have to, have to check out chronology-lg.com. His shoes are, they're, they're literally insane. So for those of you who know, I'm really into health, and it's one of those things where dress shoes just really F with your posture. They F with your feet in so many different ways. It's just not natural to have this high-raised arch of a heel. And Mountain has totally, totally come in and made some major waves in the professional footwear industry. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let the conversation speak for itself. So without further ado, my conversation with Mountain Chang. Enjoy. Hello, 
you are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101, the six steps to take you from where you are to where you want to go. This is one of those books that basically takes all the things that are being shared on the podcast, puts them into a practical, applicable form, applicable kind of framework that's going to allow you to pursue your passions, dreams, goals, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in your life at this point in time. It's going to take that, put it into a framework, and help you get there. And just for tuning into the show, go to the Rocket Fuel 101 in numbersbook.com, the Rocket Fuel 101book.com. Put the book in the cart, type in promo code PODCAST. Once you get to the checkout, you are going to receive 25% off any and all purchases from that site just for tuning into the podcast. Again, go to therocketfuel101book.com, buy the book, enter promo code PODCAST. You're going to receive 25% off any and all purchases. This is one of those books that's literally going to transform your thinking. You can see a bunch of testimonials on the site. There's some informational videos and a bunch of goodies there. Check that stuff out. See for yourself what the hype is all about. You want to get yourself a copy. Don't be late to this party. Again, promo code podcast is going to get you 25% off any and all purchases. And I'm just going to say now, enjoy the book because we know you will. Mountain, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Phil. Yeah, and and so, you know, you have the name Mountain, and we talked about this pre-show, but, uh, you know, I guarantee you there's people who are listening to this like, this guy's name is Mountain. If you wouldn't mind just recapping that story really quick for the audience to just let them know how you came to have the name Mountain. I mean, that's pretty sweet. (laughs) All right, so uh, I'm Chinese, of Chinese descent, uh, Chinese-American, and Chinese names all have a literal meaning, like each of the characters actually means something. So sometimes, not all the time, but some Chinese people will take that logic and apply it when they choose their English name. So that's what my parents did for me. And um, I also know like a tiger, a rock, and a sky. (laughs) They're all Chinese like me. And actually, there's another mountain in the L.A. area And I was telling some people at a party that, yeah, there's another guy named Mountain. So somebody at the party said, hey, you should have a meeting with this guy and you guys can call it a summit. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he killed us with that joke. (laughs) He he got you. (laughs) That's awesome. So, you know, we we got the name backstory, but if you wouldn't mind now, Mountain, just giving uh, myself and the audience just a, a brief bullet point, you know, who are you and what brought you to who you are today and, and what brought you to some of uh, or what brought you to do some of the stuff you're doing today? Yeah, sure. So um, I was I was raised in Hacienda Heights. It's a very quiet, uh, upper middle class Chinese American neighborhood in the Los Angeles area. And uh, one of the biggest events that shaped the rest of my life was when my parents got divorced when I was 14 years old. And being the oldest son, it was a lot of pressure that was suddenly placed on me Mm. um, because my mom was raising us by herself. I had two younger brothers. And um, yeah, all of a sudden, it's just like, yo, it's go time. It's it's kind of all on you. And so I chose my college career um, with that pressure in mind. Um, I originally came into college uh, studying political science because I really enjoyed 
history and geopolitics, at least learning about it. Now that I think about it, I probably wouldn't be very good at that. Like <laughs> watching Game of Thrones, I, I would have gotten myself killed way oh, early my on. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I decided to give my hand at science, the hard sciences for a little bit. Uh, did very poorly in calculus and chemistry. And I was like, well, if this is how it is in the easy classes, then I'm probably not going to make it in the hard classes. So I went to econ, which I liked and enjoyed. And then I found an accounting class, which I liked and enjoyed even more. So I heard that this was a very stable career um, with lots of upside. So that's what I thought I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I actually left UC San Diego, which was the school I originally attended. And I transferred to Cal Poly Pomona, where I could still commute from home and help out with my family at the same time and save on some rent. And I directed my entire college career towards getting an audit internship with a big four accounting firm. Mm. And so I, I did get it one summer. Um, and it wasn't what I quite expected. Um, I didn't like the work very much. And I think the people working with me could get a sense of that too. You know, I'm not very good at hiding my feelings, I feel <laughs> like. Uh, and so I was one out of a class of maybe like 50 interns who did not get an offer. So wow. that really kind of shook my world because, you know, I had kind of directed my entire life towards getting this and all of a sudden it was uh, pulled out from under me. And um, shortly after not getting that offer, I came across a book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And man, that, that just changed my life. That really changed my life. Um, I had always wanted to start a business. That's, why, that's part of the reason why I wanted to study accounting, because I heard that's a really good background to have if you wanted to start a business. But what The 4-Hour Workweek taught me was that I don't need quite as much resources nor experience as I thought I needed in order to start a business. Of course, the truth ended up somewhere between what Tim says you need and what I thought I needed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was much closer to what Tim was saying than what I thought I needed. You know, I, I thought I, I thought if I had to start a shoe company, then I had to like make my own factory or something like that. You know, that that was just what I thought at 21 years old. Yeah, and man, that, that's a great story, and that's a, such an incredible book. It's one that shaped a lot of what I'm doing as well. I mean, there really hasn't been anyone that I've found that's done as good of a job as Tim Ferriss did in writing that book and just kind of laying it all out, and you're, you're so right. You don't need as many resources as you think you do. You don't need to have a factory in order to uh, you know, produce shoes. You don't need to have this big recording studio in order to have a podcast, and you know, I resonate with what you're saying. And so, you know, let's go back to the internship. Um, what was it about that internship that just threw you off? I mean, you had this idea, or you thought you had this idea of what accounting for one of these big four firms was going to be like. And then you get there, and, and what was just so displeasing to you? Hmm. Hmm. What was so displeasing to me? Um. Well, I, I think I, I think I have a very gullible mind and I tend to take things very literally when, when things when people tell it to me. So a lot of people described the internship as fun. And <laughs> when I found myself, you know, highlighting all the numbers that show up in a quarterly report, um, and I was like, wait, this isn't fun. 
And I, I think there was a certain expectation that wasn't met. But maybe if someone had given me like the real picture of what I would be doing, I wouldn't have been so uh, I wouldn't have experienced so much cognitive dissonance. But you know, I, I've learned to not take people at verbatim. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get it. And the reason I asked that is kind of a set a setup question is that I've had similar experiences, you know, where, yeah, you know, I, I've had multiple different, uh, you know, college paths that I wanted to be on. I was similar to you. I was in exercise science and then I was in journalism and then I was a business major. You know, I've gone through all these different areas. I went to six different universities and colleges in four different states over a five year college career. I mean, wow. I, yeah, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I've gotten similar to you internships and things that I thought I wanted to do. And as I get there and see the people who have been in that role for a while, I look at them and I just say, man, I do not want to end up like so-and-so. That guy or girl looks miserable. And so it was, it was during some of those times where I learned a lot about what I really didn't want to do. And I, and I would imagine that's similar to to what you probably experienced in this internship. Yeah, you know, now that you ask me the question of why was it so displeasing and uh, me, you elicited a very interesting response from me where I said the expectation didn't meet the reality. So I think that had a big part to do with it. So when I started studying accounting, nobody told me it was going to be fun. Everybody said, like, this is really boring. <laughs> and so I went into it prepared to ex like expect something boring and it wasn't so bad and I kind of enjoyed it. So I, I wonder if like they didn't mentally prep me to think that an internship was going to be fun. Maybe I would have done better. I don't know. And, and it's funny because it's these little events in life that, that take us down these crazy paths. I mean, imagine uh, that you had a great uh, time at that internship and maybe you're still an accountant not doing the stuff you're doing right now. It's, we, can, we can go down uh, this rabbit hole for a while. But I want to bring it back to um, you growing up, and like you said, you know, your parents got divorced when you were at a young age, and then you were the oldest. And how many siblings do you have? Two younger brothers. Two younger brothers. So you're, you're the eldest brother of, and you got two younger brothers, and your mom is providing for you guys. Uh, you know, that's just a tough situation. And, and I can imagine that your mom is someone that you really, really looked up to. What was like one of the, the biggest or top two things or qualities or personality traits that you learned watching your mom kind of provide for you guys and take care of you guys throughout that time period? Oh, man. Yeah, my, my mom is a badass. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that one thing she told me definitely stuck in my mind. And she says, if you're going to bother doing something, then just do it right. Mm. And so I think that is what's allowed us to stay at the top of the barefoot dress shoe game because I didn't want to just make a barefoot dress shoe. I wanted to make the best barefoot dress shoe. And, and that's a perfect segue into, uh, let's just get into it right now. And we'll come back to some other stuff later, but you're talking about a barefoot dress shoe. And so for you listeners out there, Mountain has created this barefoot dress shoe and I speak uh, from a place of, of knowing about this shoe. I've got a pair. They're absolutely incredible. And, and as you listeners know, I'm somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm very in tune with my body and I'm very into holistic nutrition and exercise and making sure that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as healthy as humanly possible. And in a job where I have to wear dress shoes every day, it's so uncomfortable. It's so bad for your posture. 
It's terrible on uh, just about everything in your body. It throws everything out of alignment. And Mountain has created these dress shoes. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the company is Chronology and the shoes are the Primal Professional. Or how, how does that all laid out? Oh, yeah. So we started as the Primal Professional as our okay. brand name. And I felt like the name was a little bit too long. And then later on, we do want to move into more casual styles. Not like sneaker casual, but more like boot casual. Mm. So I thought the Primal Professional wasn't quite the name that we wanted anymore. So we are now branded as Chronology. Awesome. Now, I got to ask you, why, why barefoot or minimal dress shoes? I mean, you get out of this internship uh, you realize you read the four hour work week, you realize you want to start a company. What prompts you to go ahead and start a dress shoe company? I mean, I know for me, uh, of all the things I could think of that seem really ridiculously hard to like make a dent in in terms of industries, I would have to assume shoes, dress shoes, apparel has to be one of the more difficult ones. <laughs> so after the internship, uh, I still needed to find a job and I ended up working in corporate accounting. Uh, corporate accounting was nice because it was a solid 40 hours, uh, nine to six job. Uh, whereas if I had been at the big four accounting firm, you know, I would have had a couple months where I just couldn't really pursue any of my hobbies. Mm. So working at this corporate accounting job, um, you know, being able to have my own money now, uh, I felt okay to pursue my own interests at this point. So one of those interests was running barefoot, long distance running. Uh, I came across this because of the book. Actually, I came across this again from Tim Ferriss. He wrote about Vibram Five Fingers. I searched on Amazon for Vibram Five Fingers. I didn't find them. And instead, Amazon being very smart, they recommended <laughs> Born to Run to me. And I, got, I picked up the book and I was like, dude, this is really cool. So are you familiar with the book? I, yeah, I am. It's it's written by the guy by the name of Chris McDougal, I believe. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I've read the book. It's it's incredible. For you listeners who haven't checked it out, we'll link to it in the show notes. Great book, whether you're into running or not. I myself, I'm not a huge runner. But I mean, by the end of that book, I, you better believe I had a new pair of running shoes. I was out there trying to run because, I mean, that book is incredible. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest part that stood out to me was the running man hypothesis mm. of evolution. So he argued that Human beings are human beings because we ran. And, you know, the fossil evidence shows that early hominids were able to get meat, lots of meat, before we had projectile weapons. And it's like, how does this, like, scrawny animal that has, has to run on two legs instead of four, doesn't run really fast, how were we able to get meat? And the argument is that we are the best running animal on earth. And we are able to run down any other animal if given enough time and distance. So other animals will beat us in a sprint, but we have a much more efficient run than they do. And I was just like, this is so cool. This is really, really cool. And I felt like I had to reassert my birthright as a human by expressing this long distance running ability. And that's what got me uh, into running. Yeah, that's incredible. And again, for you listeners out there, definitely check out this book. 
It's an incredible, incredible story. And again, that part captivated me as well. It's it's so interesting to think about because you're right. We're <laughs> we're we're kind of clumsy. We're slower than most animals. We stand upright. But the way that he lays out in that book, the way that you know human beings were able to run down these super fast animals, basically just by you know sheer almost not giving up. I mean, we were. <laughs> We were almost so so you know rock headed that we wouldn't give up to the point where these other animals would out sprint us, stop, out sprint us, stop, and before you know it, they just gave up and said, you know what? If you're willing to keep coming after me, you you might as well just have it. Um, <laughs> and so and it, it, it's yeah, not just ahead. the determination. There's also like a there's an anatomical component to it. Like we our bodies are just built for running. Like mm. we have this springing Achilles tendon that only comes into play when we're running. It has no purpose for walking um or um but beyond anatomy we also got our creativity from hunting and our ability to uh imagine where the animal is going to go and also like cooperate with other humans in a coordinated effort because uh in order to isolate an animal and track them down you need to work with a band of other hunters yeah and I mean, it, it's incredible. Now, coming back to your shoes, so what prompted you to to make the shoe? And and once you got this idea, like, okay, I'm gonna try and make a primal, um, you know, or a minimal dress shoe. Like, wh- what were the first steps involved in that? I mean, that's I don't know where I would even begin to search on the internet or who I would begin to reach out to to get this done. What was that process like for you? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so so after. Uh, after I read this book, I got really into the running, and I just could not go back to my regular dress shoes. Um, one time during a casual Friday, I actually wore Vibram Five Fingers into work, <laughs> and you know I was just so clueless about style back then. I was so clueless about social conventions, and uh, I thought sure it was your totally okay. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, people freaked out. And that's really not the type of experience that you want to give people as an accountant. You want to, you know, show that you're, you're, I guess, predictable, which I'm most certainly not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that, I looked online um, for a dress shoe that fit my needs in either comfort or style, and nothing else out there was good enough for me. So um, I decided to make my own. And you were asking, how did I get started in, I guess, the de- development process? Yep. So uh, I took a cue from Tim Ferriss, and he mentioned uh, hiring experts. And this is kind of a funny story. So he recommended Brickwork India as a good place to find some help. So um, I, I found those guys, <laughs> and um, I, I, I contracted with them their supply chain experts or something like that. And so I told them what I was looking for. I wanted a low minimum order quantity, preferably made in the USA, and um, I need help with both the prototyping and the manufacturing. So if they could do both, that would be great. And so they said, okay, cool. This sounds like a two-week project, 20 hours, and we'll get right back to you. Wow. So, so like, you know, two weeks passed by, and then two months passed by, and then oh, the entire no. time I'm just emailing them. And then finally I'm like, okay, just stop. Send me what you have for now, and let's see what you got. And so the first number that they gave me, I called them and they said, oh, we only make like uh, custom fitted shoes where we take a scan of your foot and then build a shoe based on that. And I was like, no, no, that's not what I'm looking for. 
And then another company only made like half the shoe, not the whole shoe. And then another company was just like a shoe repair shop. And I was like, oh man, you guys, oh, this, <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they were kind enough to give me a reimbursement of like half of the hours that they spent. Um, but what I ended up doing was just Googling before work, Googling and cold calling. And uh, I found Weinbrenner Shoe Company out in Wisconsin. I gave them a call, sent them an email with a non-disclosure agreement. They signed it. And then uh, I showed them my idea via a quick YouTube video that I took. Um, the week after, they were meeting up in Vegas for a trade show, and they said, come meet with us. And uh, I got to sit around with their business development guy, their last maker, their designer, and we just started hashing out the idea. It was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So Googling and cold calling, that's what it came down to. That's that's so isn't it, the internet's awesome in that way. <laughs> but it did. It, that's that's such an incredible story. I mean, you know, it's it, it's crazy to think that that one could just go out and do that. But at the same time, I mean, you you went down this other path of trying to contract this workout and it didn't quite go well. And, you know, I'm I'm sure you've had many other obstacles uh throughout this journey as Every human being does in general, but in particular business people, they, they come across these these obstacles and roadblocks and things they have to overcome in order to succeed. And, and what would you say have been like the biggest lessons for you that you've learned in terms of, uh, you know, starting and, and running this business of yours? Like, what have you learned about yourself through this process? What are some of the biggest lessons there? Hmm. So these are two lessons that I feel like I'm still learning so because I came from that background of being really poor in high school and college, um, and I, I never really had like a really strong entrepreneurial bug. I was never like the kid who was selling lemonades or taking a more uh, time-relevant example. I had a friend who was – he had the first CD burner out of all of us, so he was selling like – burn CDs to everyone and uh, much props to him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I never had a big entrepreneurial bug and my means of surviving was always save, save, save. So that's still something that I'm working through. Um, one of the things that I feel would have helped us during our first round of development was if I bought a very nice dress shoe very early on and had that as an example um, we would have had product much sooner because what happened was uh, in fall of 2011, we had our first prototype and then I put out an Indiegogo campaign and that was our first public appearance and uh, the world knew about us at that point. And then early 2012, I got uh, a pair of really nice dress shoes and I was like, whoa, there's so many things that I can change about my shoes to make them better now that I have this in my hands. So it took until like, uh, spring of 2013 until I finally got inventory. So if I had got those nice shoes back in 2010 when I first met with the factory, then you know I could have saved like maybe a year of time. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And so the second big lesson was uh, we got we we got a, a shipment in early 2014, and we were preparing to get our third round of shoes. And I thought there were, there was a couple of things that I want to change between version two and version three. And I thought they were going to be quick and easy changes. Uh, I thought 
you know, going with V3 was only going to take like an extra month of development. Um, and then it ended up taking an extra year. So <laughs> the big lesson that I learned there was don't, don't stop production while you're trying to do uh, development. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't cut off your bread and butter. That's man. That is, that is key right there. For those of you listeners out there, take notes on that. I mean, that's, that's absolutely huge. Uh, you know, that's one of the big things in Silicon Valley and, and all these tech companies. It's like you have to continue to iterate and, and iterate and iterate and to keep your product going and just continue to make these incremental changes. Um, and I think that's that's big time. And so as we kind of wrap up here, I want to ask you a couple more questions. The first would be, you know, for someone who's listening right now and, you know, they work a job, maybe it's a nine to five similar to your corporate accounting job that you had uh, and they're really they have this idea they want to go out and, and, and start, you know, producing something or they, they want to start making art or maybe it's a podcast or a blog, whatever that is. What would you say to them to kind of motivate them or, or to help them take that leap to actually starting to do this this hobby or craft, whatever they want to call it, that they really want to do, but they're just scared to, to take that step? I, I think the problem is thinking of it as a leap. Mm. Rather than the other thing you said, which is just a step. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a leap is scary. And at no point in this entire adventure did I ever feel like I was taking a leap. It was always, I'm here now. What's the next step? And uh, I never felt like I was betting the entire farm at any point. Although I do, in hindsight, I did quit my job a little bit too early. It took so much longer for me to finally get inventory. So yeah, don't take leaps. Just take steps. And... I would say uh, this has been applicable in so many different fields of life. Um, enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, just really enjoy it. It's it's really it's that easy, and and you're so right. There's so many times where you get caught up in these little problems that that pop up, and it just you have to take a step back at times and, and kind of you know get in the present moment and really look at the, some of the stuff you're doing and accomplishing and creating. I mean you know, props to you, Mountain, like the stuff that you're doing and the things that you're creating and you actually taking, as you say, these incremental steps. I love that. I'm going to start, I'm going to start changing the word leap to step. It makes so much more sense, but it's a hard thing for most people to do. And and you being able to do that and, and sharing your creation with us is really incredible. And so props to you for that. And let's go ahead and dive into some of these rapid fire questions. So my first question for you um, when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Uh, Matt, my buddy, Matt Shue of uprighthealth.com. So this guy, um, he was one of the very first people to share my, my campaign. And I was like, who is this guy? And I saw that he's in San Diego. So at some point, uh, I messaged him and we made up and, I would say he defines success for me um, in many ways because um, through his through his in-person practice, he's able to help a lot of people get out of pain. Um, what he does is uh, uh, it's kind of like physical therapy, but he's not a, not a physical therapist. He's trained in rolfing um, and uh, he has a NASM cert. So he gotcha. takes like a multi pronged approach to helping people get out of pain and back into health. And so, you know, he has his, um, his person, his in-person practice 
And he also has a YouTube channel where he shows people how to help themselves for free. And he also has info products, um, paid products, where he's able to help people in a more in-depth way. So it's just, you know, this intersection of being really good at something and being able to help so many people with it and also seeing um, seeing the rewards of both of those things, I think, uh, personally, he is the he is my definition of success. Fantastic. I, I totally agree uh, that there's not really a better way to describe it. And so besides the Tim Ferriss's four hour work week and Chris McDougal's born to run, do you have any books that you would recommend to the audience? Oh, yeah. Um, the Motivation Hacker by Nick Winter. Okay. That book came into my life and, uh, you know, we're, we're always reading all these different self-development books and what Nick Winter does with The Motivation Hacker is he gives you a framework to actually put those things into action. And What a, what a concept. It's so funny you, you, and you're so right. We, I'm, you know... Like you, I read a t- I read a ton. I love to read tons of motivational books, but it's one of those things where you almost, or I guess I should say, for me personally, I get caught up in trying to read as many of these books as possible. And so I finish a book, and then I put it on the shelf, and pick up the new book, and start reading that. And there's almost no time. Like I don't take a step back and say, okay, what did I just read? Go through and look at my notes in the book, and say, okay, how can I apply this? It's one of those things, like a badge of honor. Oh, I read three books last week on personal development. It's needing, we, we all need a way to apply this stuff. And so I'm definitely going to have to get my hands on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really fun read. I think it's like less than a hundred pages. Um, and it's one of those, uh, one of those books where he's actually doing the thing that he's saying you should do. So in that book, he has like 30 different outrageous goals that he wants to hit within the, time frame of also writing the book and it's just it's a really fun read that guy's awesome i love it we'll link to it in the show notes for you listeners so you guys can check it out as well and so along those same lines mountain do you have any online resources like youtube channels other podcasts blogs etc that you would recommend to the audience let's see since i'm talking about dress shoes i'd like to recommend uh, realmanrealstyle.com antonio okay. santento's style blog Fantastic. It's almost like I get to check that out. It's like an encyclopedia almost of men's style. Like you have any any question about any certain type of clothing, like uh, Argyle sweaters, you will find a history behind it and what you can match with it and like what it tells people when you wear it. It's just it's a really good blog. Good Lord. And what, what was the name of that again? Real Men Real Style. Real Men Real Style. All right. For you men listening out there, and, and if you have no clue what's going on with style, first you got to go to uh, check out my man Mountain's chronology, shoes, and all that good stuff, and then real men, real style. Uh, I like to think I have style, but uh, I might just double check myself and go check out that website to make sure. Because, hey, I'm looking uh, at your, I'm looking at your Skype avatar. You look pretty sharp there, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That's that's just the picture I show because somebody told me I look sharp in that. But uh, more times than not, I, I don't know. I don't know how I dress myself sometimes, so (laughs) that's a whole different story. But uh, my last question before we kind of wrap things up here, uh, if you could only have, so think of your daily routine or your morning ritual. If you could only do one part of your daily routine for the rest of your life, 
and you couldn't do any other parts of your routine, what would the one part be and why? Man, this is a tough question because uh, one of the things I learned from the motivation hacker is how to build a lot of habits and keep building them by having all of them in your daily routine. Mm. So, uh, you know, the, the one that I've always had since I was like 13 years old is just exercise. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And mm. the, the reason behind that is, um, okay, there, there was this article on theartofmanliness.com where he talked about the three P's of masculinity, and that's protect, provide, and procreate. Those are our roles that we're expected to fill as men. And I think exercise helps me be better at all three of those. So, yeah. <laughs> and when you think about it, it really does. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another great resource, by the way. That podcast is incredible. And, and real quick, while we're talking about rituals, if you wouldn't mind just running us through your, your, some of your daily rituals or some of your daily habits that you do uh, every day. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I track is when I wake up, um, because that was something that I had been battling for a long time. And as of last year, I feel like I've definitely conquered it. So uh, I track when I wake up. Um, so for those of you out there listening who claim to not be morning people, Mountain is telling us that it is possible to fix that. So that is no longer an excuse. <laughs> you know, I tried a number of different things. Uh, I tried getting Sleep Cycle, that app that tracks your movement and uh -huh. tries to wake you up when you're naturally going to wake up. And uh, it still doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing that definitely oh, – I also tried like blackout curtains and things like that. I think the thing that definitely helped me was uh, I said if you don't wake up by this time, then you cannot have coffee. Ooh. And I, I don't need coffee to wake up, but I just really love the flavor. Like I, I love like grinding my beans and making my coffee and it was just like an experience I didn't want to miss out, miss out on to start my day with. So that got me to wake up and then once I started waking up a little bit more consistently, then I set a bedtime alarm too mm. of when I had to start winding down and that allowed me to conquer it. So on uh, five days a week, I do a 10-minute uh, freestyle stretch slash meditation Originally, I had tried some sitting meditation uh, using Headspace, and I just I couldn't stay still for that long. So when I allowed myself to find consciousness in movement, then it became a much more um, a much better experience. And I'm kind of knocking out two birds with one stone. Um, I stretch my wrists every day uh, because I dance. I like to tut, and you need like really good wrist flexibility for that. Um, let's see. Uh, I glove once a day. Um, it's this dance style where you wear these gloves and you move your hands through the air and it creates really pretty patterns. I read once a day and uh, yeah, those are my daily habits. I'm that's trying awesome. to add a light run in the morning, um, although that's been a little bit more difficult. I don't know why. Yeah, and it's, it's funny as a, you know, I, I'm guessing you are an avid runner and so it's funny that that's the thing. It's hard to build in, but it really is important to create habits around these things. And I myself have found trouble. I, I'm trying to get into meditation. I've, and it's funny you mentioned Headspace. I have that app and I've been trying to use app. it. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to, to make a routine out of something. But once you create a habit in it, it becomes a whole hell of a lot easier. And so definitely going to have to check out that book. And uh, thank you for sharing your routine with us. So to wrap this up, uh, I have two more questions for you, and then I promise I'm done. The first uh, being, what is 
what's up next? You know, what are you up to right now in terms of, you know, you just mountain, what are you up to? Or, uh, and or what is chronology up to? What's the next thing you guys are working on? Um, and don't share any secrets if you don't want to, but, uh, you know, kind of key us in on uh, what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So right now we've switched factories and we're trying to get back in stock ASAP. And um, we are mostly sold out of our current run. Uh, so you can pre-order for the next run for $50 off on our website, chronology-lg.com. And as for myself, I'm trying to write a lot more, both on my personal blog, mountainevan.com. That's spelled Mike Tango November Echo Victor Alpha November.com. And also for the chronology blog, I, you know, one of the tips that I'll, they always tell you for starting a business is that you should join online communities of similar minded people who might buy your product and you should uh, write articles and share things. Uh, when I first started this company, I just, I didn't know anything about dress shoes. <laughs> so I had nothing to write about. Um, but, you know, having been in this game for, oh man, it's, Coming on six years now, I, I've learned a lot, and I've been writing a lot more for chronology. Um, and yeah, it, it's been it's been great sharing sharing my knowledge with the world. I, I, I love to teach. I love to uh, just show people how to better themselves. That's awesome, and we'll be we'll be definitely following your story, and we'll be definitely uh, I'll be keeping the listeners and and everyone over at Yield Mastermind and in our little community up to date on what you're up to. And so, last and final question for you, um, I, I have a question and a uh, and an ask of you. First, the ask: Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? What are your links, your websites, social, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, I you mentioned just shared two of them there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's mountainevan.com, uh, and then you can find me at facebook.com/slash mountainevan, Instagram.com/slash mountainevan. Um, it's it's a unique name, so I was able to grab the <laughs> I was able to grab that handle for everything. Fantastic, and we'll leave it at that. So we always end the show with our guests sharing one of their favorite quotes. So, Mountain, what is that quote that you have for us today? Oh, I got this from a fellow Evan, uh, and it comes from Jim Rohn. It's, uh, the greatest gift that you can give someone is your personal development. And I used to say, I will take care of you if you take care of me. But now I say, I will take care of me for you if you will take care of you for me. Mm. I love it. What a great way to end the show. Mountain Man, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. It's been a blast for me. And uh, for you listeners out there, this is Mountain's first podcast. And I, I wanted to save that to the end because I wanted to to kind of give him a chance to to see how he did. And man, I got to say, you did freaking awesome. This does not seem like your first rodeo at all. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I like talking to strangers, so... Perfect. Yeah, it, it definitely is easy for both of us as we just had a, a 40 minute long conversation without ever having met each other. It's awesome. 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 Thanks. All Phil. right. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on 
iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.